Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special podcast because I have a guest joining me for an English interview. And it's very special because the guest is my girlfriend, Molly. So Molly is from China and she's currently living with me in the UK. She is teaching Chinese in an English school, in a grammar school. And of course, she's learning English. So she's here today to talk with me about her experience in the UK, learning English, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about China as well. So I hope that you enjoy it. Let me know what you think if you like this type of podcast. So without any further delay, here is my talk with Molly. I'm here today with my girlfriend, Molly, and this is a special episode because she is from China. So she's also an English learner. So welcome to the podcast, Molly. Hello everyone, I'm Molly, surprisingly from China. So thank you very much for joining me. So maybe could we start by talking a little bit about where you're from in China? Well, I'm from the south part. It's a city which is called Guangzhou, uh, which is quite close to Hong Kong. So I speak Cantonese, Mandarin as well. Okay, fantastic. And how, I mean, of course, I already know this, but I'm asking you for the viewers mm -hmm. or the listeners. But how long have you been learning English now? Well, I think I started to learn English when I was in the primary school. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's when I'm in year, year three, so probably like eight or nine years old. Okay, so you've come a long way, you've come a long way. But you know, the uh, when I was learning English at school, um, I didn't make too much progress though, so I think I think I made more progress when I'm doing the self-studying. Ah, I see, okay. That's what I was going to ask you. So what is what do you think of the difference between self-study versus the study you did at school? How is it better? How is it different? What did you not like about school, for example? Well, to be honest, I think the English when when I was starting at the school, especially like primary school and uh, secondary school, they are mostly prepared for the exams. Like, for example, we have a very important exam in China, which is called Gaokao, which is like the final exam of like your whole school year. And then it would decide uh, that if you can go to a good university or just so-so university so everyone has to work very hard for it and then English is one of the compulsory subjects so yeah the teachers do teach us lots of stuff but it's based on the textbooks and exams oh I see so it's lots of reading lots of grammar yeah. but maybe not much practice like no speaking practice maybe um so in the Chinese school we don't do lots of speaking practice and then, so I came to UK two years ago, and then when it's when it was the first time when I come to UK, 
I feel a little bit confused about uh, the the way of the British people speaking. For example, um, I'm working in in a British school, and then all of my colleagues see me. We say, "Are you all right? Um, how are you?" And then I used to say, "I'm fine, thank you," because that is what we what we were taught when we are in the school. But I gradually realized that that is really not natural. So the more natural way should be good, and you, or we can say like, "How's it going?" instead of like, "How are you?" So sometimes I think the way the Chinese school teaching English is is not communicative. It's not super good for the like communication with the English people. So that's. Uh, what I think, which is like the, the 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 backwards, short word. Oh, the downside. Yeah, the downside. Oh, I remember okay. it. So it's like this is the downside of the uh, Chinese way of teaching English. But because now I'm in I'm in UK, and then I can learn whatever I need. So for example, I need to improve my speaking skill because I need to talk with my English colleagues because my school is a purely, it's a purely English school, so it's quite important for me to improve my speaking skills to communicate with the other staffs in the school.、Mm, yeah, so this is a good point just to confirm for people who didn't catch that you are working in an English school. Yes. Teaching Chinese, right? Yes. Yes. Glad I got that right.、Um, and how how are you enjoying that? How is that going? I mean, I've been here for two years, and it sounds like a long time, but time really go fast. I do, I do think I grow up a bit. I quite enjoy my life teaching in the English school. It was quite challenging at the beginning because the British kids are not, I mean, they're not that well behaved compared to the Chinese kids,、uh, because in China, basically all of the kids are very respectful to the teacher. Ah,、oh, okay, so so. Basically, British students have bad behavior. Is that what you're saying? Well, not bad behavior. It's <laughs> this kind of stereotype, but just they are more active at school, and then I mean they have their own personality. So it's just a different way of education. We can't say they're bad behavior. I'll be in trouble. <laughs> they won't listen to this podcast.、Um, but maybe we could talk about your experience with English, because hopefully. Other English learners can find some inspiration or maybe some ideas from this. I'm not sure. Yeah. So tell me about your study method now. So what are you doing to study English these days? Well, you ha- you used to laugh at my study method because one of my study method is to repeat the text. I mean, by speaking the text,、uh, read out the text again and again, and then I think. You laughed at me before when you were doing another interview with another, when when you were in in other podcast. Yeah, that's right. I we did laugh at you a little bit. <laughs> Not a little bit. <laughs> Because yeah, what Molly does is she will repeat the same sentence again and again、Not、and again. Not the same sentence. I mean the same text. Because、um, by doing that, the text will will I will keep the text in mind. So. Won't forget them. So the key is repetition. Yeah. Do Do you think that's a good way? Does it work well, for you? It's not just repetition. It's like 
Um, so first of all, I will choose the text which is slightly higher than my English level, and then I'll translate it from English to Chinese. Then based on the Chinese translation I just did, I'll translate I translate it back to English. So I have to make sure it is exactly right compared to the text, and then I can know. Well, I can tell that what kind of vocab set I'm not familiar with, or which language point um, I didn't cover it before, and then like also I can tell the difference of the way that the Chinese people think and uh, the difference of the, the difference of the way of the Chinese people think and the ways of the English people think. So languages, the difference of languages do represent the difference, the differences in two cultures. So I think through this exercise I can know more about the differences between two languages and also it can try it, it can help me cover the language points and the vocabs more efficiently. Oh. And then at last is the repetition bit. So after the translation I'll repeat the text, basically read out the text again and again and then to make sure um I'll keep them in mind. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that before. So, so basically, you're getting uh, listening, reading, practice, and yeah. you're translating in both languages. You're repeating. Yes, proud oh, of me. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> proud. Oh, that's really good. Okay, but yeah, I think Molly does work very hard. So I often see her. She reads English books. Of course, she lives in the UK now, so she's always talking with people here. Um, even with me, usually in English. Yes, I have to because you don't speak Chinese. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. A little bit, a little bit, but yeah, not good enough. But sometimes I will laugh at you for other reasons as well. Uh, so <laughs> since we've been together, you've made a few funny mistakes. Quite a lot of funny mistakes, silly mistakes. Sometimes I'll ignore them. Sometimes I'll correct them. But if they're really funny, I prefer not to correct them, which maybe makes me a bad person. But I think they sound very funny. Which is really, really irresponsible. <laughs> maybe, but you're not paying me to be a teacher, so <laughs> there's um a few I've got written down here. So <laughs> you've written down my mistakes. Yes, I wrote down some of your mistakes, so we could talk about them. Uh, one of them is actually what what I'll do. I will. I will read them, and maybe the listeners can try to guess what these mean, or guess what these actually are. The first one is a physical drink. Do you remember saying that? Yes, physical drink, mental drink. Physical drink, yes, a physical drink. This was a mistake, and what she meant to say was a fizzy drink, fizzy drink. So this is like a carbonated drink, for example, like Coca-Cola, lemonade, uh, that was a very funny one, I thought. Another one was what Molly said, asparagus, is that right? Yes. Asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah, does anyone know what that could be? Have a guess. So this was the vegetable, asparagus. Asparagus. So you got the... I'm still confused about where I should put the stress on. Yeah, you got this word right. It's just the stress was in the wrong place. And it's so easy to do. But yeah, as... <laughs> even I, I almost got it wrong then. 
Asparagus. 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 Let's repeat it for 100 times. <laughs> asparagus. And one more, which was really funny, when you had a tooth problem before, Molly had a pain in her tooth. And she said to me, Michael, I've got tooth cake. Tooth cake. I said, really? Tooth cake? That sounds delicious. I want some tooth cake. But Molly meant... That doesn't sound delicious at all. Well, it's still cake. But what did you mean? Do you remember the real word? Toothache. Toothache. Yes, toothache. Toothache. Uh, so yeah, to, if you ache, it means kind of a pain or some kind of painful feeling is an ache. Yes, I have to complain that the, like the medical system in UK is really, really bad because I got toothache and then I can't get any appointment because the dentists don't accept new patients. So I have to go very, very far away to make an emergency appointment so which is really annoying Mm, yes it i've seen you do it it's very annoying for me it's quite simple but maybe harder for you because you're not a permanent resident but I, i want to ask about these mistakes so how did you feel when i corrected you how did you feel um i mean i feel quite happy about that i would rather um, be corrected instead of not knowing anything about my mistakes because you're my boyfriend and if you can correct me I don't feel too bad so I won't make any mistakes when I'm talking to other people like my students or my colleagues so that makes me feel happier oh, that's a really good point so it's, it's better for me to laugh at you than your students that's a good point yes of course it's yeah. really embarrassed yeah I thought you might give that answer and that's really good because I think this is a good message that if you make a mistake don't worry just laugh and learn you can yeah 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 like like move move on you know don't dwell and think about your mistakes and you know be happy when someone corrects you because that means that you're learning really good thing exactly like my students they sometimes they speak chinese really really bad and then because Chinese is the language with tone, which is quite difficult for the English learners. So they just they just didn't get the tone. So um, even though they speak it really, really bad, I've never laughed at them. I always smile at them and I encourage them to speak more. So because I believe that um, if they if they can make mistakes, that means they can make progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's important not to make people feel bad for making mistakes and you know see it in a good way yeah so it's like we can we can talk to them like well that's good but if we can do it in this way that's even better yeah definitely definitely well i I want to ask you now because i think i imagine there are many people out there who are kind of dreaming or you know wishing that they could one day have a boyfriend or a girlfriend who speaks english as a native language Really? Maybe, because I think it's killing two birds with one stone. I thought there will be someone dreaming about they will have a Chinese girlfriend or Chinese boyfriend to help them learn Chinese. Well, maybe, maybe. But if you think about it, I think it's quite a nice idea because you do get a partner to be with. But on the other hand, you get, well, some people might think that you get a free teacher as well. So I want to ask you to answer people's questions. 
do you think having an English boyfriend helps you improve your English? Or does it maybe well, you, even make it harder? You don't really teach me English, <laughs> do you? <laughs> no, I don't. We don't have lessons. I think that would be a bit strange in a way. <laughs> well, um, I think it does help sometimes. Maybe you can help me. Well, you help me speak English like more comfortably. So I do feel quite relaxed when I'm speaking English with you. But to be honest, I don't think it really helps. So do not look for a boyfriend or a girlfriend if you are just going to learn a language which is not fair for him or for her. So, uh, but to be honest, I think working in an English school helped me more than having an um, English boyfriend because mm. I have to force myself that to be professional and then to be brave to be confident so that takes me loss and loss of time to practice so i think yeah my work helps me helps me more about that okay so to summarize maybe molly's saying she does not recommend an english boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> i mean if if he or she attracts you and you think he is a good guy, so maybe you can think about it. But do not make a boyfriend who is English just because you want to learn English. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Not that... I, I guess I can use my own experience with learning Chinese. But I, yeah, it seems to me that... You know, I don't really help you learn Chinese. Yeah, to you choose who you want to be with, but don't base that decision on what language they can help you learn. Uh, I think that's a good a good rule to to go by. I also wanted to ask you today if you have ever had any kind of language mishaps, which means kind of mistakes or funny kind of embarrassing situations, because th these stories are always really funny. Can you think of anything like that? Okay, so there is one. So last summer, when I'm when I was going to fly back to China for my summer holiday. One of my colleagues asked me, um, oh, Molly, who are you going to fly with? And I said, no, um, just myself. I'm flying alone. But to be honest, he's, uh, he was asking, uh, which company are you going to fly with? Mm. So I think it's very funny stuff. So I think it's quite funny. But I would actually side with you because I don't think that is... A problem with your English. I think that is a problem with their question because that question can have two meanings depending on how you understand it. You know, it's got two meanings. I don't think that's a mistake. Mm, so it's like because the meaning of that question is not clear. Exactly. So who can talk about a company or a person? So that person should have said, you know, what company are you flying with or what person are you flying with? So yeah, I don't think that was a mistake. I think that is not your fault. You can okay. feel good about that one. Okay, make me feel better. Yeah, definitely. And then maybe also, um, I used to call my one of my students' name wrong about a term, which is quite embarrassing. So my uh, student is term. called yeah for the whole term. I feel really sorry about that. Um, so one of my students is called. Nile. Nile. Okay, yeah. I've never heard and of that name. I think it's kind of like more American name. It's not Neil. 
Nail. Nile. There's a name Neil, which is N E I L, I think. No, this one is like N I A L L. I've never heard of that which before. Which is called Nile. So it's not my it's not my fault, isn't it? Because even you haven't heard yeah. about it. Uh, so my student is called Nile, but I kept calling him Nail. Oh, and like no one corrects me. You're hammering a nail. <laughs> yes, I call him Nail, and then basically at the end of the term. And then when I was talking to other teachers, uh, I said, um, "How does how how does my student Neil doing this lesson?" And then my colleagues asked, "Neil, which Neil? Oh, you mean Neil?" Oh, that's quite really embarrassing. embarrassing. But I I want to ask, why do you think no one corrected you until that point? I don't know. Maybe because the students think it's fun, and they even. Mocked me, mocked the way that I caught him. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe they were like bullying him in a way. <laughs> oh, I feel bad about it. I, I wondered. I might be wrong, but I wondered. Do you think that people don't correct you because they know you're not a native speaker, so they're kind of they're more forgiving? Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. But to me, I have、um, high expectation to my English because I'm currently working in an、um, English school, so. I hope my English to be as good as I can, because、mm-hmm. I want to be professional. But on the other hand, there are lots of English teachers in China, and they don't speak Chinese at all. So it's kind of not super fair. So when I, whenever I feel bad about my English, I overthink about it. So it help me feel better. So you spoke about, you know, you want to have good English, because. You're a teacher, which is, of course it's a good reason. So that moves on to another topic, which I want to cover, which is your motivation. So, what would you say your main motivations to improve your English?、Mm, well, let's start from a、um, very, very realistic point. Because if I can speak English well, that means I can teach in、um, English school properly, and then I can. It's easier for me to get a decent paid job, so there's I think that's one of the main reasons. And then、um, another one is I feel like I can use English to communicate with the British people. Well, not just British people, maybe lots of the people from different countries who can speak English as well. It's like I can tell them more about my culture. So it's like we are building a bridge of different cultures because of the languages we speak, and、yeah. also if I can speak very good English, well maybe not the perfect, and then I can tell my students that if I can do it,、um, if I can speak English well, and then also I speak English as、um, second language, and you guys are learning Chinese as、uh, second language. So if you work hard like me, so you can do well as well、um, to be a model. Am I right? Yeah. So you want yeah, to be to a be role a model, mo- a role model for them. So I want to tell them I really understand you guys' feeling. But if you keep trying hard,、um, you can speak、uh, Chinese as well as when I'm speaking English. Okay. So that's a good point. If you want, if you're a teacher, of course you have to improve your language because if you don't know. Any other languages, then it's maybe people wonder what kind of how you can be a good teacher if you've never 
you know, experienced it for yourself. Maybe, maybe that's, is that what yes. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that can be a good point. Definitely. So I think motivation is a very tricky area. Many people struggle with feeling motivated to learn. Um, so for you, it's, I think, mainly for job and also there's personal reasons as well, like you know, joining cultures together. But what advice? Maybe because I have mm-hmm. an English boyfriend. Yeah, and you and need to. And a little bit. Yeah, you want to talk to bit. me. <laughs> so, what advice would you give for English learners who find it difficult to get motivation? So, how do you re-motivate yourself when you feel bad about your English? Hmm. So I want to say that if if someone really really hates English or hates any kind of foreign languages. I'll say maybe just give up, and then. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't, if you don't really enjoy it, from your bottom of heart, so probably it's easier to give up and then spend your time on something that you can feel happy about it. I'm sorry if if it's <laughs> offensive. No, I I generally agree that if you don't, if you don't have the passion or the love for something. It's really, really difficult to study, and it's possible, but it will probably make you quite miserable. However, as an English teacher, I can see that there are many people who are learning English. You know, most of my students love English, but many of the students they are learning for a job or for some kind of practical reason. Maybe they want to get a promotion or something like that. But they don't necessarily love English, but they they're learning it out of necessity. So in that case, my personal advice for those people would be: you're not born passionate about something. Not always, anyway. I think when you're passionate about something, you have to work hard to create that passion. So if you're feeling demotivated and not so good about your English, and you still really want to learn, maybe deep down inside for An internal or external reason, then I would say, find a way to make it fun. You know, find a way to make it enjoyable for you, and also remember to visualize, to kind of imagine what it will be like if you become fluent in English. Like, what can you do with that? Where can you go? And if you start thinking about that, I think it's possible to start finding enjoyment in it. Do yeah. you? You agree? I agree, and then also I think it's quite important to realize that learning a foreign languages, learning a foreign languages, not everything of the life. So don't feel bad if you can't, if you cannot do a language well, because people have a variety of talents, and then、um, maybe someone is good at languages, someone is good at math, someone is good at like sports. So Don't feel bad about it, and then, but just try your best, and then try lots of different methods to improve it, and then just pick the best one. So, if you don't mind, I can share one of my stories when I'm teaching in the English school. So, as everyone knows, the year nine of the English school is the hardest year to teach. I think it's because of the hormone. <laughs> because I guess they're that. Special age when you're a teenager,、yeah. where everyone is angry or, you know, they have so much emotions going around. 
Yeah, they're being very emotional, and then also they're not very nice to the teachers sometimes. And then one of my year nine class one day mocked my accent,、mm. which is really really upsetting. So I feel very very bad at that day. So basically, I cried. I cried at that night, and then yes, Michael was panicked. <laughs> He didn't know what happened to me. So I said I was just being laughed. By my students, so I really feel bad about this. I felt there was no motivation to learn English very anymore because I'm really, I was really depressed. I feel like I have been learning English for so long, but there are still someone who are not satisfied with my English.、Mm, no, I think that's a very normal feeling to have. Everyone has ups and downs, and everyone has. Days where they don't feel、uh, motivated or good about their、yeah. English. But on the other hand, so a few days later, another year nine class. So I have two two year nine classes. Yeah. So I have two year nine classes. So one of the student of one of my year nine classes told me that he really admired me. Well, I'm not sure if it's true or not. So he thinks he admired me because I can speak English as a Chinese. In the English school, and then teach Chinese in the purely English school, which is quite amazing. Even though I don't speak perfect English, but it's I I can still use my English to teach the British kids. So they think that was quite amazing. And then and then he told me that he probably he can never do that, like to. To teach Chinese, well, oh, sorry, to teach English in a Chinese school and then speaking Chinese to the Chinese people.、Mm, so I、yeah. think I do. I so I think I did do a pretty good job. Yeah, definitely. Even though sometimes it was quite hard to go through, like the periods that, well, the periods when I when I was laughed by others. Yeah, definitely. So it's I think a really good idea to. Not focus on what you can't do, but focus on what you can do and what you have accomplished. So it's really amazing that you can teach your language in a completely foreign school when no one else speaks your language. I think it's very amazing, and obviously not everyone will be in that situation. But it's always a good idea to kind of look back over the past months or years, even of your English study, and. Just see how far you've come. You know, sometimes it's easy to forget. You know, it's easy to let time slip by. You don't notice. It's really important to do that. And also, I really recommended that to speak English to、um, English people. Ah, so you mean practice with native yeah. speakers? Yeah. Yes, to to practice with native native speaker. So by practicing with the native speaker, you know how to respond naturally. To in the in the English way, so I think it's the way better than just learning from the textbook.、Mm, I completely agree. I may be biased because I am a online teacher, but it, this goes back to what you said at the beginning, where learning from a textbook. And I think not just in China, probably probably most schools around the world, the English is very formal, correct. Um, of course, it's correct, but it's maybe too correct. You know, it's quite often not 
what we would say naturally. Yeah, so just like the first lesson of every English textbook is, "Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And you?" So I can tell they're basically the same. Yeah, yeah, and you know we do say that in England, but there's a lot of other more casual ways to say that too. You know, yeah. It's very, very common for especially men to say to people, "All right, mate. All right, mate." Yeah. So when I when I say, um, like. I'm fine, thank you. How are you to my colleague? Well, my colleagues said my colleagues were totally shocked, so they they were stunned and don't know how to respond to me because it was too formal. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to get that kind of speaking practice and learn from real life situations. You know, not just learning from a book, which can be good, but not if you're only doing that. Do you have any? Useful English learning resources that our listeners might find useful themselves. Um, I always used、um, Memorize and、uh, Duolingo.、Ah. I'm not sure if you know the two apps. Yeah, so the, these are apps. So the first is Memorize. That's M E M R I S E. Yes, and then another one is Duolingo, which、yeah. is spelled as. D U O L I N G O. Yeah, D U O L I N G O, and I've used both of them, and I think they're quite good. I like them. I don't use them at the moment, but yeah, I'll put a link to both of these in the show notes if you want to have a look at that. And this will be at ewmichael.com/forward/slash/molly. Yes, and also I recommend. If you are interested in the British English, so try to listen more to the BBC Learning English website.、Mm, yes, I've seen this, and there's so many good lessons on BBC. Is it BBC Learning English? Yeah, BBC Learning English. There are two programs that I really recommend. One is called the English We Speak. So they will talk about the language point, but in in a very casual but natural way. Um, also, there was another one which is called BBC Six Minutes English. So when I when I'm doing the shower, I always leave the speaker off, leave the speaker on, and then just to play the BBC English. Oh, that's what that sound was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good advice. So again, we will put a link to them in the show notes again, so you can find them if you want to. And are you sure there's no other resources that you would recommend? You know, maybe. Someone in the okay, room. Okay, maybe maybe you can look for a、um, native speaker who is an English teacher who also has a website and who also have who also has a website which is called E W. <laughs> you don't remember my name. <laughs> e W what? Michael. <laughs> E W Michael, yeah, English with Michael. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Molly. You're so kind to recommend my website.、Uh, I know you use it all the time. Thank you. <laughs> I was forced. <laughs>、um, how about any books? Because I see you reading English books from time to time. So, do you have any favorite books, English books, that any you recommend, or maybe you don't recommend them? To be honest, I feel quite hard sometimes to read、um, an English novel, English fiction, because some of the languages are really hard to understand, and 
it's it's quite hard for me to figure out what does the context mean. So I'm trying to start from the like more practical books. Uh, for example, I'm reading a book which is called How to Survive Your First Year Teaching, which is really practical for me, and I think I'm very interested in it, and it's very useful for me, and it motivates me to read more and more because it's very useful for my teaching. Um, so I recommend you to look for some books. Which is, let's、uh, just start from some books, which is easier, and then which is more practical. So I recommend you to start from some books which are easier, and then which are more practical. I think that is good advice because it's kind of like a multi-purpose thing. You're learning about something useful for you, but also improving your English.、Yes. I think that's really good advice, and. Yeah, maybe you're a bit similar to me. I'm not a big fan of、uh, fiction and stories、mm-hmm. so much, but I think also it depends on the book. But usually, fiction will be very. It can be very difficult with lots of difficult adjectives and long sentences. Right, the, with simile and metaphor. Yeah, lots of strange metaphors that dictionaries can't really help with, but. With a non-fiction book, the whole purpose of non-fiction is to explain information in the simplest way possible. Possible. So that might be good for English as well. Of course, it depends on the book and the topic. But yeah, that might be something to consider if you're looking to find some reading material. But for some English learners who really fancy the English fictions, maybe you can recommend them to read some English fictions. Which already have had some movie which is which are、um, made about them. So, for example, I'm trying to read an English fiction which is called The Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone sure, Girl. Yeah, not sure if you know that movie because I've watched that movie before. So I think I can understand the context better. So I feel a little bit easier when I'm doing the、uh, reading, and it helps me understand the text easier. Mm. So I think if you really like the fictions instead of the practical books, maybe try some books with the English movie. Yeah, no, I, that's a good idea. So yeah, so just basically what Molly is saying is, if you can find a book that also has a movie、uh, on the same topic that's based, usually the movie is based on the book, and then if you watch the movie first, you'll have a better understanding of the story and the context. And another piece of advice, which I recently gave in a YouTube video, but I think it's not published yet. Maybe that will be published soon. But that was to buy a book and an audio book, so you can listen to the book while you're reading it. So that kind of helps with two learning kind of skills at the same time. It's a little bit of a different tactic. So I think we'll end the podcast soon. Mainly just because it's very hot in the UK at the moment. It's twenty-two degrees, which might not sound hot for many countries, but for the UK, that's quite hot. It's autumn for me. Well, okay, but <laughs> in order to record this podcast, I had to close the windows, and now I'm so hot and uncomfortable. So I think we'll end up soon. But before we finish. Is there anything, Molly, that you'd like people to know about you? Anything else? 
Um, well, because I'm not doing a business and I'm just a teacher, a very, very, very normal teacher in the UK. So I would like to say something about myself. Let's start from some stereotypes. So first of all, I don't eat dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in case anyone was wondering. Yes, I don't eat dogs. That isn't really a thing in China. Not common anyway. Uh, I mean, I mean, it wasn't common before. <laughs> you just, just um, a specific area in China, and then in that area, some people like eating dogs. Mm, China is a very big country. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And then, um, I don't eat dog. So first of all, and then also, some people think because I'm Chinese, so lots of people think. Um, you must be good at badminton or ping pong. So sometimes my colleagues will invite me to play ping pong or badminton with them, and then because they think I must be good at it because I'm Chinese, but I actually not. So I played very very bad badminton and ping pong. So um, there's kind of another stereotype. And then, well, the last stereotype about Chinese is they must be very good at math. Uh, that's always true. <laughs> so I don't think I'm good at math, but I do think the math that the English school teach is quite easy. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? We're not as smart as you. I mean, you you know what? So when I was doing the final year exam, I mean the Gaokao, the most important exam, um, when I'm when I was in the secondary school, and then I got about eighty five percent, but I'm. I'm one of the worst students in my class. 85% was the worst? In my class. Oh, that was the best in my class. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is your chance. This is where you're announcing to the world yeah. that every A chance stereotype... to clarify. Yeah, every stereotype you have about China is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything. One stereotype that is true is all Chinese people are crazy about food. Oh, yes, I am. So... I always spend ages in the kitchen and then just for a few bites. Yeah, yeah, just for many hours of cooking for five minutes of eating. Yeah, I can spend about three hours in the kitchen and then keep making the dumplings. Yeah, yeah, so that (laughs) is something that I have yet to be proven wrong on, that all Chinese love food. So yeah, I think we'll end it there today. But thank you very much for your time, Molly. I know you didn't have to do this. so Thank I'm... you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. It's really fun to have you. And it's I hope... Yeah. I think it's really, it's really weird for us to speak in that like, serious way. Yeah, usually we don't really talk, talk so clearly to each other. Usually we talk very in a much more immature way, maybe. So it's very awkward. Like, you silly boy. <laughs> but hopefully this has been useful for some learners. You know, to hear another learner's experience. So thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. And bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.